This episode of a Quick Timeout podcast is presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. Dr. Dish machines are the most advanced shooting machines on the market. If you haven't already, join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Baylor, Alabama, and countless others and upgrade to Dr. Dish. And now save an extra $300 on select models when you mention Quick Timeout podcast. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. want to welcome to the podcast assistant coach for the LSU Tigers women's basketball team coach Gary Reedus coach great to have you on the show thanks for having me this past spring all eyes were on the Tigers completed a 32 and 2 season and won the program's first NCAA tournament championship and this month I've made the month of May player development month so I thought coaches would love to get an inside look at what player development looks like for a national championship program so today, talking some ideas for individual and small group training for players with Coach Rita's Coach, kind of backing things up before the player development on court stuff that we'll talk about. When it comes to planning for individual players and what they need to get better at for the upcoming season, what's the process that you guys go through and kind of like working that out with the girls and then forming a plan to, to optimize those off-season months? Coach Mulkey isn't. She she doesn't want to take too much of your time in the offseason, especially after the season. It's really individualized. The girls work as much as they want to work. We have the hours. So the ones who who we don't force them to do anything. We we don't. But I think you kind of see the the ones who who really want to keep improving and want to, you know, keep their game sharp. They want to work. For example, we were at the final four and Angel came to sit with me and she was like, okay, off season, what are we doing? And it's just from there, we start to, to kind of formulate the plan. You know, I, I don't write a lot of stuff down and I jot things down in my phone, but I like to just kind of keep it up there. It's a, a kind of an exercise for my mind to, to memorize things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with Angel, we, we text back and forth if we're watching a, a WNBA game, a college game, you know, an NBA game. And one thing that she really wants to get better at this offseason, I think a lot of people watch us and they're like, oh, she needs, she has to improve her post game. Why can't she shoot threes? You know, why can't she do this, that? With Angel, I'm like, block out all the noise. Let's think about when you get stuck and you don't know what to do offensively. Everyone knows that you can rebound the ball and shoot layups. Everybody knows now that if you catch it on the block and they let you get to your baby hook with your right hand, they're in trouble because even if you miss it, you're going to get your rebound. Uh, so one thing for her was was working in the in the pick and roll and the pick and pop. She tends to pop too far out. She, she tends to roll and not utilize the short roll as much as she can. So we watch players like DeAndre Aiden, Evan Mobley, uh, and then, of course, like Junquel Jones and Asia Wilson, just how effective they are in like the 10 to 12 foot area. And that's one thing that, that we've really been focusing on, like the footwork, the balance. We catch it on on different different catches. We catch it off a of one, two. We catch it off a of hop just to make sure her balance is where it needs to be and her base kind of is where it needs to be. Yeah, like that that was kind of the main thing that we wanted to focus on. Like she wants to be able to hit shots. She wants to be comfortable shooting shots away from the rim. So a lot of things that we work on now 
we do it, you know, when she's fresh, then we, we do some different stuff. You know, we do some off the dribble things. We do some conditioning things just to kind of get our heart rate going. And then we do it again. Uh, and then we do it off the move just to try to throw different things at her to, to try to throw off just kind of her discipline and what we're doing with her feet and what we're doing with her base. So we, we sit down, we have a lot of conversations about that. We watch a lot of film like on different things and on different players. And it's not just with Angel, it's with, it's with all the players, all the players who, who specifically have worked with me since they got here. The girls know I'm available for everybody. Not everybody kind of utilizes me. And we, we've kind of been doing the same thing with, with Haley and leading up to, to when she gets here. We, we talk about the different players that she's watching, the different things that she wants to improve on, the reason why she came to LSU. You know, so I think a lot of what what I like to do in in leading up to player development, I think it's all about having a good relationship so so that they trust you. I want the girls to be able to trust me and trust kind of what we're doing and, and what we're going to be working on. So we, we have a whole lot of conversations. We watch a whole lot of things together. I'm very honest with them. We laugh, we, we joke about it all, but, you know, then we get to work. A couple of things that stuck out to me. The first is I think sometimes with player development plans, especially for the off season, there's these like big things. We're going to turn, for instance, you know, Angel into this great three-point shooter. And I was like, but it sounds more like you drill down deeper on specific things. And I think that that's another thing that a lot of the higher level you get, the players don't necessarily think about is being great at like one thing or being great at a couple of things. I've said it for a while now, but I think the ESPN highlight era of basketball has made it look like everybody is great at everything. And so I have to be great at everything. Us as coaches, especially in the recruiting process, like we're trying to put together a team and each individual member has these specific skills that complement the other ones, but not everybody needs the exact same skills. That's foreign to a lot of players because they think I need to be great at everything. And the reality is it's impossible to be great at everything. I'll come back and circle back to a couple more of those things that you mentioned. But just in general, like when you get into a gym, you talked about like the process of how it goes, kind of planning those types of things. But just so that people can get an idea, what do you like to do when you walk in the gym? with one of the girls to work, how long is the session? How long are the segments? You know, you don't have to detail every single drill that you do, but they were to follow the kind of format that, that you take. What would that look like? I try to do stuff that, that they can go and do on their own. A lot of times, a lot of times it's usually, it depends on them. It really depends on them. It depends on them. It depends on how much they really want to, you know, get it in, how much time they have, whatever it may be. Sessions are usually, if I can really take my time, sessions are usually an hour. I usually give them a break or two in that they, they take long breaks. So I'm like, we got to speed this up. But if we have time, we have time. Uh, if not, you know, 30, 45 minutes, a lot of what I do, it starts from the feet up. And, and I tell them all from, from day one, I tell them in the recruiting process, your footwork and your balance are, are the most important things. Like if you don't have good feet, you think you can get buckets and you think that you're doing this and that, but you can't even catch it clean and not travel. So I, I think a lot of what we do starts from the feet up. We just catch on balance, you know, and do different things. We, we start off catching slow. One, 1,000, two, 1,000, shot. We rep that out. Then we speed it up a little bit. Catch, one, 1,000, shot. Now it's 
catch, one step, jab, shot, and then we'll we'll kind of rep that out. Then depending on the position, the player, the skill set, we'll kind of mix some different things in. You know, with Angel, we do a lot of, you know, post work where she's catching, facing, ripping high, ripping low, jabbing low, jabbing high. And a lot of it is just to to balance back into being able to take a shot because that's all it is. They all have these unique and, and wild and crazy skill sets and they can do so much stuff. I think, for example, Flaget. Flaget has all the talent in the world. But one thing that, that she kind of struggled with, and it was like towards the beginning of the year, she couldn't catch it and just sweep through dribble one, two. I remember one day we did that for 30 minutes. We did it for 30 minutes. We went all around. We did it from different spots. I just wanted her to go right every single time. Catch it, sweep, dribble, one, two. Because a lot of people teach a lot of different things. And she was a kid who just came up playing ball, like playing ball, not really working on the small details. But she she's really, she's a perfectionist. So once we started doing it, she was like, I got to get this right. You know, a lot of what I do is it starts off, all right, you know, make five, make 10 of whatever we're doing. I don't even really care about the make if I'm working on your feet, but the girls do. And I figured out they do. So I'm like, hey, cool. Like, let, let's just make sure the rep is right. And then we'll do whatever. But then it turns into make five in a row, make five in a row, nothing but net. And we just try to increase the difficulty and they don't understand what increasing the difficulty is doing. We're doing the, the simplest thing. But now when you come in the gym, you don't miss shots because we've been working on doing things perfect. You mentioned the girls like to take the breaks. It made me think of something, a conversation I had with another girls coach before. This is more foreign to the guys coaches, but I do think that it probably is something that guys coaches could get better at. How important are those breaks and the relationship building to your being able to be effective as a coach for them? When we take those breaks, a lot of times we take breaks and we'll talk about whether it's basketball, about what they want to do, you know, the next game, the next year, like in the future, in the next couple years. And it may be three to five minutes, but they just want to take a break. And then they come back out and they work. But I think that's big during during just, you know, building relationships because those three to five minutes right there, like those are, are, are crucial minutes in, in learning more. When you get out there and you're in those intimate spaces on the basketball floor, they reveal certain things about their game, certain things they aren't comfortable with, certain things about life. And I think that when, when you have those moments and when you build that relationship, they'll come to you in the game when the game is hot and say whatever it may be. They may not feel comfortable saying otherwise. So mm-hmm. I, I think that those little breaks, I, I think that they allow you to dive deeper into who these kids are as both people and ball players. A quick timeout is presented by Huddle, the market leader in video-based analysis solutions for basketball teams around the world. Huddle continues to make advancements to their suites of performance analysis solutions. Tools you know like sports code are enhanced by their industry-leading tech like Huddle Focus, an AI-powered smart camera that's built to integrate into sports code right out of the box. It captures and uploads videos automatically from any gym. Head over to huddle.com slash a quick timeout to get a peek at all they're bringing to the hardwood for every level of the game this season. All right, for the younger ones, like the rising sophomores, even your freshmen as they arrive here later in the summer, what are the most common things that you're working on with them outside of the footwork? 
what are the younger players needing most? I think ball handling. I think a lot of what they need to work on is, oh, it's so hard for me not to say footwork. Oh, because that's so much of what we do. It's tied to everything. Yeah, it's tied into everything, but consistency mm-hmm. with everything. Consistency with their ball handling, doing different things with that. Consistency with their shooting uh, and with their mechanics. I try not to mess with their mechanics before the year. There's a mechanical issue and something that we need to kind of tweak. I try to save that for after the season. I don't mess with that kind of before the year because you just need to get acclimated to to college. And during the season – we can't risk completely tweaking something that is now broken that we need to take some time to fix. So during that time, we just try to rep it out. We we try to rep it out and, and get better at kind of what you're doing, but the shooting, the balance of it all and, and just getting a lot of reps. I, I think that they, they have to get, get used to how hard you have to go in college. And I mm-hmm. think that's, that's probably one of the biggest things. They, they get so tired so quick because they're used to, you know, just kind of working out and, you know, you know how the working out is with the trainers and kind of just at home. You get to go at your own pace because if you're tired, then it's just, I'm tired. Like, I shoot it, I walk and go get the ball, mm-hmm. I walk back out. And I'm not saying that when we work out, you got to shoot it, sprint, sprint back out, do the next rep, but you need to have a little pace to yourself mm-hmm. and you need to be able to pace yourself throughout a 30, 45 minute hour workout. Like you need to be able to like be jogging around a little bit the entire time. So I think that's, that's, that is actually probably the, the biggest thing that, that I try to focus on without them even realizing that that is kind of one of the main things that we're focusing on. I think some of the kids, they get a bad rap. Like the kids aren't working hard. I found they just don't know how to work hard yet. They, they don't they don't know how hard or how fast you have to go in order to be able to to get better, especially at the college level. Talking about the hard work, the old phrase, your best player needs to be your hardest worker. How have you seen that there? And what has it done for maybe small group workouts and for the program as a whole? Our three best players this year were our three hardest workers. I mean, you you talk about Alexis Morris. She was in the gym every single day. And you wonder why in the NCAA tournament down the stretch of games, we can just give her the ball and go set her a ball screen and she can hit mid-range shot after mid-range shot. You know, she can make pocket pass after pocket pass because she worked on that every single day. We talked about in a row and nothing but net, she got up to the point she can hit going from the wing, one dribble left hand on balance shot. She can make 20 of those in a row and and we can just get through a workout. She's one who can get through a workout, but she worked so hard. She was so hard on herself. Uh, I mean, Flage, Flage wakes up on her own at five in the morning. She, she comes up, get shots up. We'll work out with me at 11 or 12, something like that. And we just work. We kind of get to it. After practice, she wants to shoot again. She's probably the hardest worker that that I've I've ever coached. I've never seen anything like it. And it's crazy that she can do all of that and maintain a rap career because she's working so hard. Angel, uh, she came in last summer and I couldn't believe how hard she was working. I, I couldn't believe it. I at that moment, I was like, okay, you don't even understand how good you are because she had major flaws in her game. 
but I think it was just because she was searching for somebody to, to show her what she needed to do and how she needed to work. She's been playing before last year. She said it like I was playing off just I'm just playing. I'm competing. You know, I'm intense. But the the small details of the game, like she worked at those so hard. She didn't like to jump when she shot layups. You know, she did a little scooping layup. So we literally had to work on and like not necessarily show her how she knows how to do it. If you tell her how to do it, but we had to teach small things like, Hey, when you get the ball here, smack the backboard. When you shoot a layup, let's do 10 in a row. If you miss one, we're starting over. We'll do it with your left hand. We'll do it with your right hand. We'll do it with two hands. You know, and we'll do that on on both sides of the rim. And she worked so hard at it. And like people who talk about like the need for her to improve her her jump shot, she needed to improve around the rim first. She needed to be able to dominate around the rim. And then you can start to to back up. And then you can start to add to see how much the hard work, because she put in a, a ton of hard work. You know, it was it was working out twice a day. One workout was just, she just wanted to work on, you know, form, balance, footwork, shooting. But the other one, but it's around the rim. It's finishing through traffic. It's it's playing physical. It's, it's bumping and then still being able to finish. It's finishing with both hands. It's reverse layups, inside hand. She's ambidextrous, so it's weird already, like the mm-hmm. things that she could do. But she just needed to work at those things. But I think anytime you see your best players working as hard as they do, it makes the the ones who aren't the best players kind of look at themselves and say, hmm, maybe if I was working a little bit harder, I could be the best player on the team. I could be one of the best players in the country. You're already a top recruit coming into LSU. So you're you're already coming in and you should be understanding like, I'm going to have to work to play. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have to work to get practice ready. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, when we are in smaller groups, they're competing against each other. They're competing against the next one. If, if if one rips through and does a good move and finishes and makes that, the next one doesn't want to miss. When they're all working hard, it's just making them all just better and better just because of of, of how competitive they are. Feedback is such an important part of the whole learning process. What does feedback look like during those workouts? Feedback can even get intense. I got a little a little flack for it, but I think a lot of people understood what I was saying. I, I posted, I, I think it was during an NBA game and, and guys were like talking back and forth and they were talking very, it was intense how they were talking but I got a men's basketball background, right? Like I played ball. So I know how I used to talk to my coaches. Like, and I know like how we used to kind of go back and forth. And I was fortunate that this year I had some girls who are like that. (laughs) They are very intense. So sometimes when you tell them like, Hey, you're off balance, you keep being off balance. That's why you can't hit no shots in the game. And then they may come back. Well, I whoop do whatever it is. Like, so sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's just talking slow and relaxing and taking a deep breath. Uh, all feedback is welcome to me. I tell them all the time. Like, they tell me things that they want to work on. And I'm like, okay, let's incorporate that tomorrow. Or I got some. 
Like, let's figure out how we can do that now. But all feedback is welcome. You know, I tell them if you're giving me feedback and not complaining, cool. Like, and even if you're complaining a little bit, all right, I get it. Let's talk about it a little bit. But I think that once we kind of learn each other, they figure out when the time is to to give their feedback. And as I learn them, like I figure out how much feedback can I give you? How much feedback can you take until you're like overloaded? Mm-hmm. Because some of them don't, you don't have to say something to them every single time. You tell them, you let them kind of rep it out. If they mess up, you tell them and then they fix it. You know, some of them, you have to constantly say it, say it, say it, say it. But some of them, if you talk too much to them, it kind of, they don't need that. So again, it goes back to the relationship of it all. It goes back to figuring out who needs what. And that, again, is a part of player development that that I think goes overlooked is the feedback portion of it. Is there anything as a coach that you either try to avoid saying or avoid doing during a workout? I try to avoid the conversations that get you all focus especially with girls. And I have three sisters, so I get it. You can be sitting in there and they may say, did you see what happened with? If you get sucked into it, into the conversation, you can completely lose focus in the workout. And it's hard to like get that back. So I think the conversations that that can kind of wait, I try to avoid those. And depending on the kid, you, you, you try to avoid certain verbiage. Some of them you can say, Come on, man, hit a shot. You trash. But you know, some of them don't need that. Like some of them, that doesn't help at all. Some of them, that will get them completely out of their, their head. Some of them I'm really positive with. And some of them, I try to, you know, make them compete a little bit harder by, by talking to them. Like, yeah, I just had a workout with such and such. They didn't miss this many shots, man. So it, it, it all depends. I don't have just one certain thing that, that I just, completely try to stay away from again I I think it it all just kind of depends on on the player and depends on the person and and kind of how they are and 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 how they like to work what would you say is the differentiating factor at the college level the players who make it and the ones who don't their approach their approach and their mindset you have a lot of a lot of kids who who you'll hear and like say, oh yeah, I want to do this. When I leave here, I'm going to play in the WNBA. You're not going to play in the WNBA because the WNBA is the hardest league to to make it in and you never even work out. You never do anything extra. You know, you don't do extra conditioning. You don't do extra, you know, skill development. You don't do anything extra. There's no, you're not that good because the ones who are really good, you see it. You see it on a day-to-day basis. They put in a whole lot of work. It's yeah. the mindset. It's the work that they put in. It's how they approach it all. You see some's approach. I, I've coached players who have been really talented, but their approach to the game and how they looked at competition was just off. And and you try to and how they even approach practice, you know, every single day. If 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 you come into practice every single day and it's ah, we got to do this again. We're going to be out here all day. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And you see some really good players who approach practice like that. But you see players that are great. And I mean great, 
who approach practice every day, even if they don't want to be out there. But they approach it like, all right, coming out here, let's get some work in. Like, I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to lead. You know, I'm going to do the things that I need to do today to get better. And then I'm still going to do something after. You see those players and you see just the difference, you know, because I think that there are some really talented players who work pretty hard, who, you know, if they're talented enough and they're in the right situation in college, they'll make it to the league. But will they stick? Will they make a difference in the league? Will they get bounced around because can't really fit? anywhere but then you see those who go to the league and it's like i'm in the league you know i'm sticking i'm playing a role from day one and if i get the opportunity whenever i get my opportunity i'm gonna take full advantage of it and i'm going to be a player in the league from day one and then you got the ones who are a little talented they don't really work you know they may get drafted just because of college stats or whatever but from day one, all right, they'll go, they'll go to camp and they'll get cut. I think what you just described is what we, what we frequently say, like there's a love of the game. Yes. And, and that's, that's how it manifests itself yep. um, through, through the focus and through there's a desire and they're the ones that work hard. They love everything about the game. Mm-hmm. And I think what's hard sometimes is that, that there are some players, like you said, that are talented, like, but they just don't love it. If you coach long enough, like you can tell who those players are. Yeah. And there's almost like a, we're going to get as much as we can out of this player and I'm going to help you achieve. But I, but I understand like, you just don't have that love for it. And I'm not going to try to expect you to become something that you're not right. But man, oh man, when you find the ones that like, they do love it. I'm still talking about the same several kids with what I'm saying. And it's crazy that that is kind of like, it doesn't come around as often as, as, Mm. as you would think or would hope. All right, last thing. What do you feel like is the key to being a good developmental coach? Not being stubborn. Not being stubborn. Not being just stuck in what has always worked. I think that what what player and skill development honestly is turning into is just doing a, a bunch of random drills that you've seen over time or that you've collected over time and you just do them. Go do these drills. Instead of like really paying attention to what you know, these, these kids need and and how they need to improve. I think you have certain drills that are kind of foolproof. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool, you can do these and everybody can do these and, and it'll help. Uh, but I think a lot of things and a lot of things with, with player development is just listening. It's, it's listening. It's paying attention. It's, it's watching. Sometimes you may be doing like something that you feel like can help, but as you see it progressing, you can tell, like, this doesn't help. Mm-hmm. This doesn't help at all. Let's scratch this. Your your body doesn't move like this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I tell players all the time, like, do this, but do it how you do it. So everyone has their own, like, unique capabilities and, like, whatever it may be. And, and body movement is a thing. And I think people don't pay enough attention to body movement and how kids move mm-hmm. and, and how they move like them. And you want them to completely change that when that is how they got there. So I think just being stubborn, I think being stubborn and doing what it is, do what I say. Like, I I think that a lot of times player development is kind of stalled because we don't really want to evolve, you know, or adapt. There is a level of humility that is needed if you're going to be a good developmental coach. 
you're not going to keep learning if you think that you know it all. <laughs> and you're also, I think the whole, everything that you've talked about to this point, like you're, you're not going to invest in the girls or the guys, whoever you're working with. Mm-hmm. It's not really going to be about their development or what's best for them because you don't really know them well. It's more about just doing what you've always done or checking off a box or whatever. That's Coach Gary Reedus, assistant coach for the LSU Tigers. Coach, I really appreciate you coming on. This is great. I appreciate you having me.